Happy Monday. This is Savannah Boda with the Blondest Podcast. I'm so excited to have you guys here with me today, and I hope you guys are having a fabulous morning, afternoon, or evening. So today, I am having a pretty heartfelt episode. I don't know why I've been in my feels lately, but this is something I want you guys to know a little bit more about me, and yeah, just let's let's get into it. So... I watched the Paris Hilton documentary the other night, and I was not prepared for what I watched. I did not know it was going to hit me so hard. I didn't know it was going to make me feel all these feelings that I buried inside. Um, So let's talk about it. So basically, Paris Hilton... I fucking love that girl. And she is so smart, you guys. Like, y'all, she has presented herself as the dumb blonde and, like, just this ditzy person. But she's not. She's a genius. And she marketed herself so hard. And basically, she just talks about how exhausting it is to keep up with this persona and this character because she created it when she was so young. And now she has to literally pretend to still be that person so that she can have a livelihood and still make money, which I mean, she could stop now because she's rich. But the thing about Paris Hilton and I is that we are hard fucking workers and nothing is never enough. You know, it's always something else you have to accomplish. There's always another goal in sight. And that's what she said in her documentary. She's like, I told myself I would stop at a hundred million dollars, but now I want to get a billion dollars. And she's a hard worker. She has a hard work ethic and she's not stupid. You guys, like I relate with her so hard, but it just is crazy to me to see, you know, something that we've all thought she was for years and years and years. And that goes back to my episode last week is nothing is as it appears on social media. You think Paris Hilton is this ditzy blonde, you know, that had all this money given to her, but she's worked her fucking ass off. And I don't know if half of y'all know that she's actually a DJ. I didn't know that, but she's a DJ and she's actually so good at it. And she's following her dream and her passion. But The thing that, you know, really resonated with me throughout the documentary was her trauma and, you know, what she endured. And um, Paris Hilton and I actually went to the same wilderness therapy program. I did not know that until I watched the episode and it really just hit home for me um, because it relived a lot of memories that I pushed back. And I've talked about my wilderness experience on my previous episode. Well, not previous, but you know, one of my episodes called Savannah in the wild. And I'm so thankful for it because it made me who I am, just like it made Paris who she is. But, you know, I didn't talk too much about what I really went through. And of course, while you think your brain has this thing of, even when you go through trauma, somehow making yourself think that it was for the better and that you grew from it, which, you know, you always grow, especially in bad situations. So I am thankful for that, but I did push away a lot of the bad things that happened to me and, you know, kind of tried to trick myself and be like, no, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm fine. I've moved from it. But the thing is all of those things I pushed behind, you know, kind of came back up and I was like, dang, I forgot about that. Or yeah, that hits home. I remember feeling that way. And what happened to Paris, she was kidnapped by two transporters in the middle of the night, had no idea where she was going. And then she was shipped off to Utah. Same thing happened to me. I was 15 sleeping in bed and, you know, woken up and taken by two people just telling me they, my parents, you know, sent them and that they're supposed to take you. And like, 
for her, she thought she was being kidnapped. She didn't know it was real. And of course, that makes more sense for her because she's Paris Hilton. Um, and that was before she really got, you know, super, super famous. But she was still all in the magazines and stuff as the party girl. So she thought she was getting kidnapped. And that's traumatizing. And she went through a lot of like PTSD from that. And she can't sleep at night. Um, I do have night terrors about being taken. I don't really talk about this. Um, I didn't think I was being kidnapped. I pretty much knew my parents set it up because they've talked to me about, you know, wanting to send me somewhere. I just never thought it would happen. Um, but I mean, it's terrifying being ripped out of your own bed at two in the morning with no family there. I mean, it's not a good feeling. It's really hard to go through and it's really hard to cope with. You know, you feel alone, you feel hopeless, you are scared. You want to talk to your mom and dad and you just can't. And the worst part is they didn't even let me give my cat a hug. Goodbye. And I didn't see her for three and a half months, which is pretty fucked up. So that was one of my like biggest complaints is that they didn't let me hug my cat, which might seem stupid, but like it's not. Um, but I mean, that was pretty traumatizing for me and, you know, going through the program and having to hike, you know, eight miles a day, not knowing when you're going to stop. They don't tell you where you're going. You're just mindless and you're just walking in the forest and you can't talk to people while you're walking. And it's hard work. I mean, it was snowing when I went, I had snow up to my knees. I mean, I literally couldn't even carry the pack on my back for the first week. And I, they, I struggled. I felt so bad. I still feel bad for all the girls because I made our trip like an hour and a half longer because in the beginning I was not equipped. I did not have the lung capacity or the physical strength to hike with an 85 pound pack on my back in the snow uphill. Um, and I mean, it was it was like boot camp, you guys. Like people think I was like, you know, in teepees, like eating s'mores and singing kumbaya and like had horses and like log cabins. Like, no, this was like the shit people send their kids on drugs to, like from the Dr. Phil show. Like it's intense, intense. It's not fun. Like it's not a fun thing. I couldn't shave my armpit hair. You could have braided it. I smelt like shit for a full week, even though I showered several times, I would find dirt and crevices that I didn't know existed. Um, you shower once every two weeks and it's not even a shower. You literally light fire on a bucket. Um, well you just have a fire anyway. And you put the little cooking bucket thing where you cook your soups and stuff. And then you have to stand in behind a tarp and just pour it on your head. I mean, I didn't have soap. They didn't give you soap. You got water and it was freezing you guys like in the negatives. And it was so hard. They force fed you. I had anorexia when I went and it was really hard for me to eat. And you have to eat with a stick that you find on the ground. And I actually got in so much trouble because first of all, you guys listen, you know, I'm a perfectionist. So my bitch ass before dinner or anything, I'm like, I'm going to go find myself the prettiest little stick. And so I'd go and just look and look and look. And this one day I found the perfect stick and it was like, it literally was like the perfect food stick. I mean, I just can't even describe it because it was so perfect and you're not supposed to keep your food sticks. You're supposed to, it's like one time use, throw it back in nature because there are bears and you know, it, the other part that sucked, you guys, is once it's nighttime and you eat, and I don't know about y'all, but I'm pretty immobile after I eat. Like, I don't even like to drive to dinner. I make my boyfriend or Tyler, whoever, whoever I'm with to go to dinner has to drive because after Savannah eats, it's tap out, like game over. I'm not moving for the rest of the night. 
So I had to get over that real quick because um, we'd have to tie our food bags up in the trees and then hike a mile and a half in the dark with no night vision lighty things because obviously why would they give a bunch of depressed girls vision so that they could run away? So the cool thing, the body is so neat. I developed night vision by like month two. So I don't have it anymore, but I did develop night vision. It's a real thing. But in the beginning, you don't know where you're walking and we all have to like hold hands and walk a mile and a half to go set up camp away from where we ate. And anyways, the story is I fucking stole my little food stick and I told one of my good friends and that little bitch told on me and I got in so much trouble. They put me in isolation for three days In isolation, you guys is hard. First of all, you're there with a bunch of girls that you can't really get to know too in depth because every conversation is monitored and staff is always around and, you know, they don't want you becoming codependent. So they really don't encourage you to be BFFs with anyone. So it's very lonely. You haven't talked to your parents. You can't talk to them for the first like month and a half. Um, And you can't even talk to them on the phone, but you can write letters that are approved and read by staff. And a lot of mine never got sent because of the contents in them. And, you know, some of the things I experienced with the counselors there, they didn't send my letters and I had no idea till I got home. Um, but the thing is you guys, isolation is awful. It's awful. And Paris went through the same thing, but hers was like, she was locked in a room, um, in isolation for me. I just had to sit away from the group and mind you, it was negative degrees. I couldn't bust a fire at that point, which is a bow drill. You learn how to make a fire there. Um, and I couldn't make a fire. My weak little bitch ass could not do it. It was hard. Um, and so I couldn't have fire and I couldn't have warm food. So they'd make me eat like, you know, whatever I had, like cold oats or whatever I could eat because I wasn't allowed to have a hot meal. When you're in isolation, you're not allowed to walk with the group. You're not allowed to talk to anybody. And so it's very depressing to be going through all this physical labor and mental, you know, isolation when you're depressed. Um, so of course, you know, I believe in punishment and stuff, but I mean, a lot of the stuff they did, I mean, it's pretty harsh. And like I said, I'm thankful I went through it because nothing can stop me now. I've gone through the worst of the worst. I mean, I shot in a communal hole. Um, I barely showered, never shaved, no deodorant, lived in the wilderness for three and a half months. I mean, it's, it is a traumatizing experience and a lot of people haven't recovered from it. I actually recently found wilderness TikTok and I've been watching a lot of stories that are exactly like mine and their experiences with wilderness therapy. And a lot of them have endured a lot of you know, emotional abuse from staff members. And a lot of them talk about staff members getting off on, you know, power trips and, you know, just abusing these kids that are already so hurt. And we had one or two counselors like that, but I mean, it didn't last very long for them to be in our group. Um, but it is hard and it's scary. I remember being there. They don't tell you the day you get to leave. You have no idea. And I was actually in this time, I was in fire isolation because I couldn't bust a fire. And so they put me in isolation until I could. Um, so I, my last three weeks, yes, you guys, three weeks, it was first three days for the spoon thing. My last three weeks in the program, I was alone and I couldn't sleep next to anyone. I couldn't, you know, eat with anybody. I had cold food. Um, and then they said, Hey, Santa, you're going home. Your parents are coming to come pick you up. And they wouldn't let me say goodbye to any of these girls I bonded with. Like I couldn't even hug them. Like they, they literally like 
would not let me talk to these girls. And I, it was so hard, but thank God we passed notes and stuff beforehand. So I already had all their numbers to connect with them. Um, after the program was over, but a lot of them, I didn't hear text. It was crazy. I'd get a text a year later. And I was like, no fucking way. Elise just got out. I'm like, sis, are you okay? And I mean, it's crazy. Thank God mine was only three and a half months because I complied really quick. I, you know, I was like, this is how the system works. You can't defy it. You have to embrace it. And I literally shit you not tricked myself into thinking I was so happy and that I was, you know, going to do anything I could. I literally told my brain, I wasn't going to be sad about hiking. I wasn't going to be sad about this. I became a group leader. I made it to blue level. Oh, I got Skittles (laughs) one day because I literally was like, I'm going to get the motherfuck out of here. No matter what it is, I will fake it till I make it. And, um, that's how I learned how to be a survivor. I think I would have been there longer if I kept pushing the waters and testing the system and, you know, you not, I mean, not, not being sad like I was, which I still was. Even when I got home, I was depressed. I mean, it's a very hard adjustment from reality, from never being indoors for three and a half months and being, you know, ripped from your suburban home. And, you know, it's just such a culture shock. I don't even know if that's the right term, but it's just, it's a shock in general going from one extreme to the next and all these rules and having a bed, having a pillow, having a shower, having real food. I mean, a razor, it's just all these things that you lived without are back. And for me, I think the thing that hurt me the most coming back was social media. I had girls saying I went to crazy camp. I had people saying I was psycho or I pushed my mom down the stairs and that's why they sent me. I mean, all these things were coming up about me and it made it even harder to adjust back to life. I mean, I had this mindset that, oh, you know, when I get home, everyone's going to know, you know, be more kind and sweet and realize like what bullying does to people. And no, didn't happen. But you guys just seeing how Paris persevered from her trauma and became this icon, she invented the selfie. Like she literally is what fucking, um, what is that? Reese Witherspoon's legally blonde is based off of like Paris Hilton was the first to do half of the shit people are doing on social media right now. She learned how to market herself. She learned how to do all of these things and she persevered and she thrived and she's this badass businesswoman and she still has all this trauma and she still has this anxiety and she has a hard time sleeping. And you know, these things that we go through, like I said, in my past episode, they change us for the rest of our lives. And if you put through my work ethic and things like that, like I didn't just wake up. I wasn't just born the Dallas esthetician. The things that have happened to me throughout my life have curated that and have made me who I am today. Like if I had a different path, if I lived in a different city, like who knows what kind of person Savannah would be. I truly believe the person you become is because of all the things you've gone through and all the experiences that you've had. And a lot of people think I'm older because, well, even before I had my own business, I've always been told I have an older mindset because when you go through something so traumatic, you grow up really quick and you realize that nobody has your back and you can't trust your parents after something like that. I mean, you want to believe it was for the best, but when you close your eyes at night, there are so many other ways that it could have been handled. Um, and I, my parents, you know, now know how traumatic it was for me and they feel awful about it. But, um, yeah, I just, I really do commend her and I want you guys, you know, to watch that documentary as well. And just, 
you know, see her for who she is because she deserves that. And I think society and we have painted a picture of her. Of course, she did it to herself because that was her character. But I think it's very interesting to peel the layers because something you see on Instagram, on social media, famous people, there are so many layers underneath that. And they're real human beings, too. And, you know, you could be the next Paris Hilton. Like anyone can do that, no matter how bad your trauma is, no matter how much shit you've been through. Like it's possible to persevere. It's possible to achieve your goals. And some of the most successful people, I believe, have gone through something extremely traumatic because they've hit rock bottom. They've seen, you know, death's door. They've, you know, not wanted to live. They've felt that trauma. And so there's nothing but up for them at that point. Or, you know, what they went through was so hard that how fucking hard can it be to become a billionaire? Right. You know, like I've already done all this. I mean, that's pretty extreme, but you guys get what I'm saying. It prepares you for the hardships of life because life is not fucking easy. There's no easy ticket. I mean, we're basically just born and we don't ask to be born, but now we have a lifetime of schooling. And then after that, we have to work until the day we fucking die. And I mean, it's, you're not signed up for this. You didn't ask for this. Like, yeah, that sounds great. I want to live. I mean, you're born and then you have to deal with it. Like, sorry, kid, here you are. Figure your shit out because you're on earth now and you have to pay bills in a couple of years. And it's stressful. And just like I said, it's hard to find who you want to be and what you want to do when you're constantly being fed things through social media. Um, I mean, it truly is. I mean, God, there was a point in my life where everything I saw, I'm like, oh, I want to be a yoga teacher. Oh, that looks cool. Like maybe I'll do like, you know, be a personal trainer or a culinary artist. You know, it's just, it's so hard to be you when you want to be everybody else because you see everybody else. And it's, it's, it's difficult. And I, like I said before, I worry for our future generations. I don't like being so dark on these podcasts, but I, I am such a funny, goofy, bubbly person, but I also want y'all to know I have some real shit to say. And, um, I think it's important. And I think for the people that like to listen to me and stuff, I want you guys to feel very comfortable with me and know me and know my personality and know what I've gone through, because I know a lot of you have gone through the same thing. Maybe not the exact same situation of being abducted from your own home, but everyone's has their own trauma and Basically, this podcast is your sign, if you're listening to this, that persevere from your past, move forward, do the fucking damn thing. Life is too short. And who the fuck is telling you no? Figure out a way. I mean, I remember when I first opened my place, my new place, like a couple months ago, I had payroll coming up and I'm like, dude, there's so many expenses going out. Like, how the fuck am I going to have money for payroll? And I you know, literally just manifested. And I know that sounds stupid, but I was like, the money's going to be there. I'm going to figure it out. It is what it is. I, you know, came up with some marketing things and salesy stuff to put on social media and we did it. And that was fine. So even at your lowest, even when you believe that like you can't do something, I swear, if you put your mind to it and stop bitching about it, you can do it. So, um, yeah. I absolutely am so excited for you guys to be listening to this podcast because I really think, you know, this is a good way for us all to heal and learn skincare and laugh together. So I hope you guys liked this episode. Um, Watch the documentary, watch both. Last week's episode, I talked about the social dilemma. This week, I'm talking about Paris Hilton um, and my octopus teacher on last episode. If you didn't hear about that, you guys, and didn't listen, go check out that um, podcast because you don't want to not watch the octopus teacher. 
So yeah, I hope you guys have a fabulous Monday and, you know, persevere, babies. 